Well, good morning, Christ Church. It's a blessing to be with you this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Logan. I am the assistant director here, and this morning I do have the privilege of bringing you God's word again. Uh, so, but before we do that, let's go ahead and pray together. Dear God, your word tells us that you are gentle in heart. You have strength beyond what we can imagine, and yet you control it perfectly, delighting to show us mercy. I pray that as we experience your gentleness, we could learn to treat the people around us with gentleness as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Recently, I reread a story from the uh, book called Crucial Conversations, and this story was about a company that was going through a difficult transition. For one reason or another, they decided that they needed to change the location of their facility. The problem that they needed to solve was deciding where to relocate. They had options of being able to uh, go across town. They decided they might be even able to move across the state, or if need be, they might even move across the country. Everyone in the leadership team spent hours researching what the pros and the cons were of each decision. And on the set day, they all gathered together and started giving out what they had researched. One idea was revealed after another. Every nuance was ironed out. Every idea was evaluated and critiqued to see where the strengths were and where the weaknesses were. No stone was left unturned because everyone knew this could make or break the company. And eventually, the CEO sat forward a little bit, and he spoke up and gave his final decision about where they would go. All of the executives in that meeting looked at each other with utter disbelief and then looked back at the CEO. What he had just suggested was the idea that people said would either at best hurt the company, or at worst, send it under. One of the executives decided to speak up and said, um, I want to make sure I got this straight. You want to go with that decision. I thought we agreed that was not going to work. Why would we go with that decision? And some of the other executives started backing up saying, uh, yeah, we agreed with that. Uh, they nodded their heads in agreement, and people were pretty unanimously against this decision. Their response felt accusatory to the CEO. So I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but there are some times in life when you know a conversation is over. The CEO started to lean forward a little bit in his chair. He raised a finger, he lifted an eyebrow, and elevated his voice just enough to put people in their place, to let them know the decision was final and they would go forward with it. One by one, the executives resigned to silence passively as they awaited to see what would happen with this decision. This story illustrates something about the power of words. Things started off well when they felt comfortable sharing something 
they said, hey, we're going to share our ideas. Everyone started sharing, and it was a wonderful moment. But when they responded negatively to the boss's opinion, even though they had all agreed that it was the wrong opinion, something about their tone, their accusation, set the CEO off. And his harsh response was met with passive silence. No one felt satisfied in that moment, even though this was a disastrous idea. They said nothing. What's interesting, though, is this isn't the end of the story. There was one executive who was there who had pretty much stayed quiet the entire time. And when he spoke up, he didn't match the anger of the CEO. And he didn't match the accusations of his peers. He simply said with a tone of dignity and respect towards his boss, hey boss, do you mind if I run something by you really quick? The tension was so palpable, the author said you could hear a pin drop on a pillow. People thought he had just committed his career to death. But over the next couple of minutes, he calmly and eloquently laid out what he was afraid of would happen with that decision. And after he was done talking, the boss let his finger go, sat back in his chair and said, you're right, I violated the principle on which we were going to make decisions. Let's take this from the top again and see what happens. Whereas the strong and accusatory language that his peers had used generated a harsh response from the CEO. The gentle answer given by this one executive created an atmosphere where people felt comfortable to share ideas again. It relieved the tension. There is an incredible power in the words that we use and the way we use them. Last week, we explored how the gentleness of God makes us and today, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see how we can respond to that gentleness by treating the people around us with gentleness. This story in particular illustrates the idea from Scripture about the outcomes we create when we choose gentleness as a response rather than harshness as a response. The book of Proverbs reads in chapter 15, verse 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The idea is that when we use gentle words, we have a better chance of creating an atmosphere that's a blessing to be a part of. In contrast, when we use harsh words, we create an atmosphere that is unpleasant to be a part of. And at this point, it's fair to ask, how can we determine what a gentle re response might be? The book of Proverbs is very rich in giving us ideas about what this looks like, how we can check what a healthy response might be that's gentle. If we want to answer in a gentle way, we can choose responses that raise the sense of well-being in us and in others. 
to answer a question in a healthy, to answer in a way that's healthy and that is fit for the right moment is a joy to the people around us. Some words we say and the tone we use only lend themselves to being harsh. I've never once heard somebody use the phrase, what's wrong with you in a way that is healthy and that brings well-being. Typically, people mean that as an insult, meaning something along the lines of, there's something wrong with you, and it's being exposed to whatever you're saying or whatever you're doing right now. There's nothing inherently wrong with those words. Uh, there's nothing inappropriate, there's no swearing, there's not even pseudo-swear words. It's just the way that it's used. is only meant to demean the people we use it toward. And typically the response that we get back from it is, oh, you think something's wrong with me. You should take a look in the mirror, pal. What's wrong with you? On the other hand, choosing a gentle response that raises the well-being in the people around us brings calm to the situation. Instead of saying, what's wrong with you? Why would you act like that? We can instead think to choose a response that raises well-being. What if instead of saying, what's wrong with you, we chose to say, I can tell you're frustrated right now. Would you mind telling me what's going on? That allows people to express what's going on in their hearts. Usually when somebody responds harshly, there's something going on that we aren't always aware of. When we give a moment for them to be able to say, yes, yeah, something is wrong with me right now, that allows them to open up and raise their sense of well-being. And that kind of response drastically changes the entire feel of the situation. And by the way, if we do choose to respond harshly, we cannot lower someone else's sense of well-being without affecting our own. We'll talk about this more in a minute, but because we are made in the image of God, in God's likeness, our lives thrive most when we behave in a way that is in step with the character of God. When we go against the grain of how we were created, against the grain of God's character, which is, in essence, gentle towards us, we lose well-being in ourselves as well, not only just creating a sense of unwell-being with the people around us. Let's consider for a moment how Christ responded and how that affected the situations he was in. We considered last week the woman who was absolutely ashamed with her life, and all she could do when she met Christ was fall at his feet, weep her heart out, and dry his feet with her own hair, a sign of utter humility before God. And the response Jesus had was not to condemn her for what she had done, but it was gentleness that changed her life. When he said her sins, though they are many, are all forgiven, every single one of them, that gentleness of forgiveness from the voice of Christ changed her life. 
when Christ encountered people whose lives were absolutely wrecked by the evil that was in them. They were absolutely controlled by something wrong with them. Jesus encountered them, and he didn't treat them harshly. These people had been ostracized by society because they couldn't be controlled. They were hurting the people around them, and they were even hurting themselves. And when Jesus encountered them, he spoke gently to them. He prayed gently to them. And that removed whatever was going on in their lives in such a way that it brought sanity, it brought calm, it brought wholeness back to their lives. It wasn't anger being beaten into them or something being beaten out of them. It was the gentleness that came from a gentle word from Christ that changed their lives for good. When Jesus met tax collectors who were the outcasts of society because people viewed them as political traitors to their nation, he invited them into friendship by sitting down and eating dinner together. His gentle words had such an effect that their lives tended to be changed. They stopped extorting people, even though that was in their realm of power. One even went so far as to give back what he had taken fourfold, four times the amount that he had taken from people wrongly, he gave back. And it wasn't because Jesus told them how wrong they were or how evil they were or how badly they treated people. It was simply his inviting presence that treated them with gentleness and met them where they were that changed their lives. One gentle word, one gentle encounter has the ability to turn away a life of wrath. Because God, from his heart of gentleness, raised the sense of well-being of the people he encountered, our souls pay a price when we try to lower the sense of well-being of the people around us. But it is equally true that we cannot raise another person's sense of well-being without positively affecting our own. Our lives have a better quality when from a heart of gentleness we respond in ways that are focused on being gentle in raising the well-being of the people around us. Another way we can make a gentle answer is to choose responses that bring reconciliation in the moment. Gentle answers quiet contention. If you've ever been in an argument before, sometimes it might feel like friction between people. You rub something like a rock or we'll take fingernails on a chalkboard and there is this irritating noise that comes from it. That is tension, that is contention. Gentle responses, when we focus on trying to reconcile people, have this effect that removes the fingers from the chalkboard. It doesn't grate on us, it brings wholeness back to the relationship. 
Gentle words bring healing when we focus on reconciliation. Gentle words can remove defensiveness because when people expect us to respond with harshness, but instead we respond with gentleness, there is a different attitude that they can have because they realize we're not out to get them. We want to have a full, reconciled relationship with them. Sometimes a gentle answer is a response that lets certain things go. It's very easy to hold on to things that people have said to us or that people have done to us. It's also very easy to correct people when they get something wrong. I've had arguments with people where we were debating whether or not something happened on a Tuesday or on a Monday. Over a Tuesday or a Monday, we were arguing with each other for five or 10 minutes, trying to figure it out. And this event happened 15 years ago. Does it really matter at this point, unless you're trying to create a case for court and an alibi saying where you were 15 years ago on a Monday or a Tuesday, that matters. But in a normal day-to-day experience, We don't have to correct each other over whether something happened on a Monday or Tuesday. We can learn to let things go because that is a gentle response that can turn away wrath. If you've been critiqued to death, if you've been corrected to death, you know what that feels like. If we choose to correct people to death, that's going to bring a kind of harshness back into the moment. We choose to let something go that can bring gentleness and peace. There are some things that we do have to pay attention to and that we have to hold on to. But for the most part, we can learn a gentle response by letting things go because this is something that comes from the New Testament, a love a multitude of offenses. It can learn to let something go because that brings dignity into the moment. A gentle answer is a response that we can raise the quality of life in the culture around us with. This is a uh, proverb near the end of the book. Scoffers set a city aflame, but the wise turn away wrath. Scoffers are people who brag or who mock certain things. This is something that we can see at work in our culture today. It's kind of where we're at. If you watched any TV or any YouTube videos over the past month, there's a good chance that with the election we just had, you saw political commercials. On both sides of the equation, there were people who said, my opponent is a jerk. If you vote for them, you're going to ruin the country. If you don't want to ruin the country, vote for me instead. This happened everywhere. It's not just one side, it happened on both. That is a kind of culture that we cannot function in well. When you simply disagree with someone, 
and you have to make them the enemy, that's going to stir up But what if we decided to have a gentle response? What if our gentle response looked like bringing a quality of life into that kind of culture? On social media, there are a lot of problems that you can experience. But what if we were the voice that brought gentleness into that culture? We decided instead of saying, this person is the enemy, we simply said, I disagree with you, but there are some things I can't agree with you on. We may not see eye to eye on this issue, but that doesn't mean I have to treat you like an enemy because of it. That would bring a culture of gentleness onto social media. In our workplace, what if we thought about making gentle responses that raised the quality of life Instead of choosing the gossip that happens because so-and-so did something on the weekend they shouldn't have, what if a gentle response was, let's let that go. And instead, let's find ways to reconcile with them. What if in our home, we chose gentle responses that raised the quality of life Instead of getting frustrated and yelling at each other because something happened, what if we took a moment and said, I can tell we're angry right now. Let's pick this up in a couple of minutes. Set a timer. You go over there and pray. I'll go over here and pray. And then let's try and fix this. What if we focused on answering in a gentle way that raised the quality of life in the culture we are a part of. What good could we do if we responded with gentleness when there is harshness in the world? We can also choose gentle responses because it's easier to do so when we recognize, when we remember that the people we're dealing with are made in God's image. This is something that comes from uh, the New Testament in the book of James. He says, on one hand, we bless our God and Father with our tongue, and on the other hand, we curse people who are made in his image. This ought not to be so. When we forget that the people that are sitting on the table opposite of us, when we forget that the people who walk down the street, when the people who drive in the car and cut us off in traffic, when we forget that these people are just like you and I, and that God made, him, made them just like him, in the same way that he made us just like him. We will find it easy to have harsh responses. But when we remember that God made those people in his image, it becomes easier and easier 
to find responses that are gentle and that turn ugly situations into situations that are a blessing to be a part of. I want to connect this to the gentleness of Christ. Out of everyone who has ever lived in the world, Jesus had the right to choose responses that were strong. Remember, last week we defined gentleness as a controlled strength. Of anyone who ever lived in the world, he had the right to choose responses that were strong. When people came to their breaking point with him, they falsely accused him. They beat him and they spit on him. They delivered him over to be crucified because they despised him. If anyone had a right to have a harsh word, it would have been Christ. They treated him unjustly and they treated him unfairly. When he was hung between two criminals on a cross, people who were there justly because they tried to start a revolt and murdered people, he could have treated them with the same kind of harshness. But how did Jesus respond? He didn't respond with, you are going to get what's yours when the time comes. He didn't condemn them from the cross. With every painful breath he took, he said the most gentle words in the most ugly circumstances. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. When the criminal on his side said, remember me when you come into your kingdom, please. Jesus could have said, do you? Really? Really? But that's not what he said. He said, today, this very day, you will be with me in paradise. And for 2,000 years, we get to see the effect that has had on people who have read those passages. We see that when Christ was treated with uttermost disrespect in the most inhumane ways that humanity could create, he responded with gentleness. And that did turn away wrath, by the way. The wrath of the people should have experienced was turned away because he experienced that wrath himself. And because he treated us with gentleness, we can respond towards him in a different way as well. A gentle answer is not the default setting for most people. The book that I mentioned earlier, Crucial Conversations, says that when we are at our, when uh, situations are difficult, we tend to be at our worst. When we need to be at our best, when emotions are high, when there's differing opinions, 
and the uh, stakes are high as well. When things matter most, we tend to be at our worst. Gentleness is not our default response. The truth is, gentleness, gentle answers, require intentionality. We usually don't make gentle responses on accident. We have to prepare for them. There are some times we know our day is going to include a difficult conversation. If you are a CEO or a boss or you manage people, you know there are some times you have to have difficult conversations with an employee. Uh, if you are a, if you work in customer service, you know there are people that are going to be responding harshly to you, even though it's something completely outside of your control. And although you tell them that, they still are mad at you because they're unhappy. Okay. If we know that there are going to be difficult conversations we have to have throughout the day, we can plan gentle responses in advance. If we are going to go into a situation that we know is going to be tense, we can say, when this person says this, I'm going to respond in this way that promotes a sense of well-being in both of us because I know that gentleness is going to diffuse the anger that could otherwise arise. When I know this person says this, their response is usually harshness. But I can choose to respond in this way that raises the quality of life in this culture, in our workplace, in our family, wherever the case may be. We can plan out ahead of time what the conversation might look like. We can plan gentle responses so that we are proactive and not just reactive. We can intentionally plan gentle responses in our lives. Unfortunately, though, we don't always have the luxury of knowing that we are heading for a problem. Otherwise, we could probably avoid the problem in the first place. There are some situations we find ourselves in that just become harsh, that become unpleasant, although we didn't expect it. It requires intentionality to move beyond that harshness and to bring peace back into that moment. If we have these patterns in our lives, we can stop for a second and ask, what would happen if I tried to answer in a way that raises well-being? What kind of response could I make in this moment that brings peace or reconciliation back into this moment so that we can move forward in a healthy way? What do I have to let go of in this moment in order to bring gentleness? We can choose gentleness even if we're in the middle of a situation. And there are times, though, where we don't get it right. We go away from an argument, and we realize on both sides there were harsh words said. And it's very easy to spend our time and our energy thinking, if I had said this, I could have put them in their place. If I could have just gone back in time and said this one thing, they would have seen I was in the right, and they would have come cringing asking for forgiveness. Okay. Newsflash, first of all, what you said probably wouldn't have changed the situation. 
And second of all, it probably would have just created more harshness. What if instead we use that energy not to think about what we could have said to best the other person, but what if we used that energy to instead evaluate how we could have responded differently for the future? I recognized when I said this, it set them off. What if next time I choose to say that in order to bring gentleness into the moment? Although we can't go back and fix the problem, we can become aware when we engage in that situation again of how we can choose a different outcome. We can't go back and fix things. We can go back and apologize. That's always a good first start to try and fix things, to try and fix things. But we can plan with what we did wrong to choose a different outcome so we can do the right thing. We can choose gentleness in order to restore a relationship. I would encourage you to engage in this challenge from God, to move towards gentle responses. Because when you and I choose gentle responses, instead of giving back the harsh answers we think people deserve, we will create a culture in our church, in our families, in our workplaces, and in the larger community as a whole, that it is a blessing to be a part of, that it is a joy to engage in. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the ways in which you have treated us with gentleness. We thank you that when Christ could have most deservedly responded in hard ways, he chose to respond with gentleness so that we could experience your mercy. I do pray that as we move forward, we could take this lesson to heart. I pray that when times are rough and difficult, we could choose to respond with gentleness in order to turn wrath away. I pray that we would be agents of gentleness that change the culture in our families, that we could promote gentleness and make it a blessing to be with each other. I pray that we could... Uh, promotes gentleness in our workplaces, that we can make it a place that is no longer harsh or unpleasant to be, but that people would be grateful to work there. Would you please help us to respond in a healthy way when things are difficult? Would you help us to show this to the world around us? And would Christ be glorified in all things? We love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.